Hi, I'm Kristen Howerton, and I blog at Rage Against the Minivan. And I'm Paul Martin, and I blog at Polisophia. And you're listening to Why Partisan, a political conversation between two friends from different sides of the aisle. I'm a Democrat. And I'm a Republican, and we are both passionate political junkies trying to figure out how to have a civil discourse about politics. From social justice issues to the intersection of race, religion, and public policy, we're delving into all aspects of the political arena. Well, we have lots to catch up on um, here in the new year. I, I have to say, Paul, you know, when we decided to continue this weekly conversation after the election, I wondered, you know, is this going to be interesting enough mm-hmm. during a non-election year? And if I can say one thing about Trump, he keeps things interesting. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much speculation uh, about why uh, is it, you know, some people think there's literally a chaos theory behind all of this. It's mm-hmm. an actual political theory uh-huh. to uh, keep himself in the news all the time. He once wrote that, and you know, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Uh, but it's certainly, you know, most leadership books will say that the job of a leader is to calm and quell and assure the people this is a president that certainly does not lead by calming the waters. No, that does not seem of interest to him at all. Um, and this week we saw him in rare form on mm. Twitter. He really he really went to town. Um, he kind of went on a rampage and it it started. Um, well, it's, it's hard to even say where it started. But... Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> it's kind of like when the machine gun starts and, you know, it's hitting all the cans on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't even know where, you know, where the first bullet came from or all of that. And so we have a bunch of stuff happening. I mean, so let's just kind of, do you want to randomly go through some of them? Yes. Let's do that. Um, let's just like flip a coin. So there was one tweet that came out on the 2nd of January, and it's just fascinating how... He keeps talking about Hillary Clinton, which I've never been aware in my life of a president that continues to talk about uh, their their, op- their previous opponent, opponent previous not op- even opponent. like yeah, especially mo- since he won. Uh, there's a lo- there are a lot of studies as to why he's doing this, but he said crooked Hillary's crooked Hillary Clinton's top aide Huma Abedin has been accused of disregarding basic security protocols. She put classified passwords into the hands of foreign agents. Remember sailors' pictures on submarine? Jail! Exclamation point. And then he says, Deep State Justice Department must finally act. Also on Comey and others. This just seems unhinged. This, you know, that one. Um, and then, you know, we've got the taunting tweet towards Kim Jong-un, mm-hmm. which was really scary in which he basically was taunting another world leader about, you know, my nuclear weapon button is bigger than yours. The size of it. I mean, the exact tweet was, I too have a nuclear button, but it's a much bigger and more powerful one than his. And my button works. Right. And so, you know, what he's really talking about here is nuclear war. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we live on the West Coast here. It's, I don't know. I mean... Most experts don't really think he can deliver a nuclear war, but even conventional war to, in in South Korea would result in millions of innocent lives being killed. And, you know, it. I mean, it just kind of begs the question of what the heck is he doing? It doesn't it doesn't fall under the category of any kind of strategy. Um, we know that we don't want to go to war with them. We know that we don't want nuclear war. Everybody knows that Russia, China, South Korea. And yet 
he's bringing up the fact that his button works. Right. And it's just a different category of thinking or non-thinking. Well, you know, it's it, it, it's that he's either an evil genius and this is some kind of a mm. master plan. Which many Republicans believe. Right. Or he's unhinged and this is a narcissist who is losing his cool. I, the one that bugs me the most, bugs is the wrong word. The one that I find most disturbing uh, is the one about the deep state justice department. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I meet with a lot of Republicans, a lot of Trump supporters, and I find it so difficult as, you know, the Republicans that want to say they're patriots, we are for country first. A lot of them have big flags on their trucks. And yet Trump attacks the systems that actually keep us all alive, like the FBI, like the Justice Department. And then we're back to conspiracy theories again, because the definition of a conspiracy theory is something that you cannot know, but you're claiming exists. And this idea that we have a deep state is just the peddling of more propaganda to some end, which I can't even imagine what his end is. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, January 20, January 2nd was a weird day because in that day he tweeted about, you know, basically making threats that, you know, his nuclear war would be better than someone else's. Um, he talked about the Palestinians and how they don't respect us and we give them all this money. Um, and then on that same day, another tweet was, I will be announcing the most dishonest and corrupt media awards of the year on Monday. At five o'clock, subjects will cover dishonesty and bad reporting in various categories from the fake news media. Stay tuned. I mean, he is, he's taken a bat. Well, I mean, this is stuff that, that, you know, you and I are active on social media. I mean, we would be laughed at. People would, you know, if you and I posted something like that. People would be asking if I was okay. And, and yet, people are asking if Trump's okay. Yes. They, they officially are. I mean, uh, the other one was the uh, yesterday, another zinger in the last couple days. There's been a number of them. Um, and, and they just seem like if there's a strategy here, he tweeted. Um, do you have it there? The one about the I have it since taking office. This is Trump tweeting. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he just decided to tweet this since taking office. I have been very strict on commercial aviation like just right there is kind of weird like as if <laughs> super weird as if our aviators and you know as if these departments aren't already strict but anyway right since taking office i have been very strict on commercial aviation good news it was just reported that there were zero deaths in 2017 the best and safest year on record and you know people are saying that that you know 2017 is the result of things that obama put into place but it's, it is. It's weird. It's braggadocious. I mean, it's just And to take bizarre. responsibility for, I mean, planes crash for bizarre reasons mm -hmm. and usually total anomalies, actually a combination of anomalies come together. If you read about, you know, air disasters, they're usually not, you know, it, it, we, our system does its best, but sometimes you have outliers and they happen. So, of course, 2017's uh, stats have zero to do with the fact that Donald Trump was president. And yet, by implication, he's taking credit for it. Which, again, as a Republican, I kind of shake my head and think, why? Yeah. Well, you know, in, I mean, over the last few days, people have been questioning his mental fitness. I mean, mm. we've got um, 
a Yale psychiatrist who was asked to weigh in to some um, people in Congress, um, at, you know, that he was asked to brief them mm -hmm. um, because they're very concerned. Um, he's, you know, he seems mentally unstable. He's, he's, you know, saying things that are dangerous. And again, you know, we, we come back to um, this whole partisan thing where it seems like people's view of how dangerous he is is sort of based on their confirmation bias or where they fall mm -hmm. in line. But I just feel like if we all were objective and stepped back, whether this was a Republican or Democrat, his behavior is crazy. Yeah, and I, I was with uh, a couple of staunch Trump supporters yesterday, and what they tend to do is go back to, well, he just speaks his mind. He's not a typical politician. They, that is just their response. It is how they are going to re reply to anything, regardless of how outlandish it might be. But, you know, there have been historically uh, leaders who have, rubbed the establishment the wrong way you know you have your your winston churchills of history sure. etc uh this is a different category it doesn't these tweets don't really make sense so to say i'm responsible for zero aviation deaths in 2017 isn't like bucking the system of the establishment it seems like an unfit mentally unfit statement he's not doing anything there to uh, you know, probe or jab the establishment in Washington, D.C. He's just making a crazy statement. Mm -hmm. Right. I, mean, I just don't know. I don't know. It doesn't do any good to claim responsibility for the statistic of zero deaths in 2017. It just doesn't do anything to our, our democracy, our system whatsoever, as far as I can tell. Well, except that there are people that will believe him and that that's what they'll cling to. You know, we'll look at that. I mean, they're you know, his his people believe what he says. They're not vetting, you know. Very little is being vetted right now. So do you think there's a strategy? So, Kristen, here's the question. <laughs> do we think that there's a strategy behind my button is bigger than your button? Um, there's a deep state. The Justice Department, our Justice Department, is part of the deep state. And um, this thing about I take responsibility for no... Is there a strategy there? Or is this just some guy that as some people think, gets really angry and anxious and angsty and just uh, extemporaneously throws out his thoughts? Um, no, I, I personally don't think he is. I don't think this is a strategy. I mean, you know, I worked as a mental health therapist for many, many years. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this in capacity as his doctor, but, um, you know, his behavior all along has fit the profile of someone with narcissistic personality disorder. And that's as, a real thing, right? That is a real thing. It's in the DSM. Um, and this behavior is consistent as well. He's having temper tantrums. And um, he, when things don't go his way, he gets um, big and loud. Um, I don't think that this is carefully plotted and planned. I, I think that he... Um, I think he is an, a very anxious person. I think when his um, ego is threatened, he lashes out. And I think that's what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. um, there is uh, some theory, uh, and I, I don't have the, the stats or the dates, but when uh, the Mueller investigation is uh -huh. about to come out with something new, correct? Um, there's he a pattern. Up. They yeah. think, you just, and this is just his anxiety. Right. So all of a sudden you right. have this 
to this this just litany of tweets in the last two or three days. And many experts are thinking, oh, boy, what does Mueller have next right. that's about to come out? Which, you know, that's the big lingering thing. Uh, of course, apparently he, behind closed doors, is just storming mad. This investigation won't go away. Yeah. And there's right. he's trapped. He can't he's really trapped. do anything about it. And his lawyers have advised him to speak positively about Mueller. So about a week ago, he said in that New York Times interview, which, again, that's another very random thing because he gave that interview one-on-one mm-hmm. -on -one with the New York Times reporter without even letting his press team know. Right. Um, which Very you, weird behavior. You just don't – presidents, nobody does that. No. But anyway, in that interview, uh, he said, I, you know, I trust Robert Mueller is going to do the right thing. And something – I forgot the exact quote, but he basically praised Mueller – and said, you know, this needs to go on. And that is clearly coaching from his legal team. Clearly, because that's that's definitely not on message to things he's said before. No, and it's not on message to how he treats people that are his adversaries. No. Um, to say the least. Well, you know, he's got a lot of pressure happening right now because he's got the that investigation ongoing. Um, there is a book coming out um, by um, Stephen Wolf, I believe. Michael Wolf. Michael yeah. Wolf, thank you. Fire um, and Fury. Yeah, called Fire and Fury. And apparently this book is incredibly unflattering of Trump. It paints him as, um, well, as a narcissist um, and as, you know, unhinged. Although it's funny, I mean, do we really need a book to come out like, whoa, wait, I didn't realize that's how bad he was. But, um, but what this book does, though, Kristen, is it, it seems like it's usually the Trump supporters dismissing anything said negatively about Trump. But this book is going to be so unique. Its sales are going off the charts because, of course, Trump came out with a statement against the book and Steve Bannon, and now the sales are going, oh, and today he filed a lawsuit against the author and the publishing company, oh, season to desist. But anyway, Steve Bannon in the book is quoted as saying uh, that Donald Trump Jr., who met, in Trump Tower with a Russian lawyer to in search of dirt on Hillary Clinton. That's just a fact. That's on an email. Uh, Bannon said it was treasonous, big word. Uh, and later he said that um, they're going to crack, this is quote, and I quote, they're going to crack Don Jr. like an egg on national TV, unquote. And so this comes out yesterday and right. all hell broke loose. Now, it, you know, I, I think most of our listeners probably know this, but for those who may not, again, Bannon was his right-hand man at the beginning of the presidency. They seem to have had a falling out, as has pretty much, I mean, there, there are a few people left standing that started in this administration when he took office, but he and Bannon have clearly had <laughs> a departure of, um, you know, of um, ways here, and... Trump is very upset yeah, about and, that. And and they've tried to – it seems like Bannon at least has tried to smooth it over. He tweeted out that, you know, I still like Donald Trump or something like that. But uh, Trump responded uh, with a statement, a written statement, not a tweet, a uh, written statement from the uh, White House saying, Steve Bannon has nothing to do with me or my presidency. When he was fired – now that's news because we didn't know he was fired before, I don't believe – he not only lost his job, he lost his mind. Then he said, Steve does not represent my base. He's only in it for himself. And so, like, I mean, this 
soap opera, just this War of the Roses only gets more and more and more sizzly by the month. I mean, Kristen, we've been doing this yeah. for two years, and now we have Manafort, who was his campaign manager, uh-huh. who is admitted to, I mean, is it being indicted? We have Papadopoulos, mm-hmm. who was one of us, senior Trump's senior foreign uh, advisors, who now is apparently ratting him out. We have Michael Flynn, who was at the center of Trump's campaign early on, who now has got a plea deal going. We have right. we have Steve Bannon himself, who is now at odds with Trump, and they're just see it's just like who's it going to be next? Ivanka, I don't know. like it. There's very, no one left. Well, I don't know that it'll be his family, but I think anyone outside of his family is game. But yeah, there there is very lo- little left, and and the people that are left, I mean, Ivanka's husband and Jared, yeah, and his own son are, you know perhaps going to be indicted. So, you know, even the ones that are still left may not be left because they may face. And I know that, I mean, I know I like out there amongst, and we really try to keep this podcast not for like the political wonks and political junkies, but, you know, out on the streets, everyone knows there's a Russian investigation. A lot of people are like, yeah, whatever. I don't know much about politics. You know, they just, people aren't, they have jobs, thank goodness, and kids and other things to do. But this investigation and kind of the fallout, because of course Bannon's comment uh, was about the Russia investigation and about how Donald Trump Jr. met, you know, with a Russian person to basically collude with a foreign power to get dirt on an opponent. And this thing just will not go away. And as much as some people want to say, well, you know, there's nothing there or it's just the Democrats, this is a civil war within the Trump administration, not between the Democrats and the Republicans, but within the Republican, current Republican administration. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I guess we will. (laughs) It remains to be seen, but I think this is going to be a very interesting year as the Mueller stuff comes out, as this book comes out, um, as he and Steve Bannon continue to (laughs) duke it out. And I think once you've crossed Trump, there's no coming back, you know? Yeah, yeah, Um, for sure. So I think that that's just going to continue to get ugly. Um, Any predictions? Do you, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think... I mean, we've we've got Bannon, who was, you know, close to the center of all of this, basically saying that it was a treasonous meeting. I mean, he's saying three senior guys in the campaign mm-hmm. met with foreign governments inside Trump Tower in a conference room with no lawyers there. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. Mm-hmm. So that happened. I mean, I don't think he's making that up. So, you know, who gets indicted on that? I'm not quite sure. Someone will. Yeah. And what do you think about, like, where is this administration going? Is he going to survive? You know, there's I some people know. that just Bannon said he Bannon at one point even said he won't survive his four years. I mean, I don't even know how the guy survives staying on Twitter. I, I think he violates the terms of Twitter on a weekly basis, yeah. you know, so and so many people were talking about, like, let's report him, you know, but I mean, Twitter, I don't think that they want to lose the, this right. platform. Right. It's yeah. huge for them. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know how he survives that, much less being Mm -hmm. the president. Yeah. There are, you know, and it's all speculation, but some experts are saying that he is literally like a madman just cooped up walking around in there. Yeah. Just because of the pressures of the job. Right. And you know a lot about this from your work. Um, 
evidently, and we all get this when we're when we haven't had enough sleep and etc. That we're more prone to just be irrational. Right. And this series of tweets just it seems to me as a non professional, just seems to be something. It's just it's not rational. Yeah. This is not rational no, behavior. It's not. It's absolutely. And as a Republican, I tell these people to people often. It doesn't make our party look good, you know. No. I'm not. I'm not jumping up and down. Yeah, no. I've never been a huge Trump supporter, but yeah. it doesn't make our party look good. It doesn't make our country look. It good. Lo- makes our country look terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's so embarrassing. You know, I've traveled um, quite a bit in the last year, and in every country I've been in, you know, I it, it's embarrassing. People, people have do not have great views of our country right now. Yeah. Um. Well, stepping away from tr- from um, Trump, um, Orrin Hatch recently um revealed his that he's going to retire um he has been the longest serving um senate republican um he is um, a senator of utah and it is widely thought that mitt romney will fill his seat now that is interesting Mm. because romney is not a fan Mm. of trump Mm -hmm. um and he has a lot of sway Mm -hmm. and um, I, I have to say this, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of Romney when he was running, but um, I admire the guy because I think he actually does take his um, personal spiritual beliefs seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he puts them over his politics, mm-hmm. you know, his values over his politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting if he um, if he ends up in a Senate seat. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's the guy that said, um, you know, um, I'm just looking at some of uh, Romney's uh, gems on Trump. Um, and at one point he said, but but you say, wait, 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 isn't he a huge business success? Doesn't he know what he's talking about? No, he isn't. And uh, and no, he and no, he doesn't. His bankruptcies have crushed small businesses and the men and women who work for them. He inherited his business. He didn't create it. And whatever happened to Trump Airlines? How about Trump University? And then there's Trump Magazine and Trump Vodka and Trump Steaks and Trump Mortgage. A business genius, he is not. Right. And so, and that's just one of a whole list right now mm-hmm. of uh, quotes of Romney on Trump that I'm looking at. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting, Kristen, if yeah. Romney in a year becomes a senator because he is bringing uh-huh. so much influence into the Senate. As one of these, and I'm very much a Romney Republican. Yeah. Um, and just what is that going to do to Trump? Right. With someone with that kind of power and influence, which of course Trump despises right, right there in the U.S. Senate. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be really interesting and he'll be a very formidable opponent. I am I would love to see it mm-hmm. personally. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you would too. I just want to get back to sanity. I mean, I just I think know. our party. Well, yes, that would be ideal. Yeah, and and <laughs> yes. if Rom- if Romney could usher that in, and again, yeah. I just I just think we can do so much better as a country. This is, I feel like when Trump finally goes down, there's going to be like national PTSD. Um, yes, I agree. You know, just a sense of we have been on a roller coaster, all of us. Yeah. For two years, and again. Trump's done some good things with some of his policies. I'm not. I'm not against every one of his policies, but just this chronic chaos, right, uh, is something that can't be good for our country. No, I, I don't think it is. I think it. You know, I, I think it has created on the both the national and the personal level just some anxiety. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and certainly for people of color. Yeah. 
I was talking to someone yesterday and they're like, yeah, but you guys are all just, you're so anti-Trump and you know what? And I said, I know you're angry about the fact that there are millions of Republicans that are not supportive of Donald Trump, but the very fact that there is that division is the problem. Like right. you can get mad at it. It's like having a boss at work and you know, a lot of the people on the staff don't like the boss, but the right. reality is that that's a reality. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I know you're upset about it, but put your yeah. anger aside for a uh -huh. second. The fact is there's kind of a civil war happening within mm -hmm. the Republican party and you yeah. can't blame people that aren't supportive right. of this chaos. You know, you just can't blame them. Yeah. You can, yeah. you can, but the reality is there's a division. Absolutely. Um, and here we are. Here we are. All right. Well, um, any Democrats, anything to say about Democrats? Not much. I, or early in the year. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say at this point with You're all, all of this other. Low. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with all of this other stuff going on. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Um, join us next week when we will recap the week's events. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Be sure to subscribe to Why Partisan on iTunes and check us out on the web at whypartisan.com. A big thanks to Shepard Audio for providing our intro music.